Hey, Pewter, how do we start this podcast? How can I help you, Lego Batman? You can help me by starting this podcast. Today on Writers Get Animated, we are talking about Lego Batman. Here is what I found. Stay tuned. Good Dark Knight, and welcome to Writers Get Animated, a podcast about storytelling and animation, and more often than not, Batman. I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And I'm Chris Leva with a sore throat. Wow. That's you really have to a lot help. of information. You, you really have to take it easy on the Batman. Apparently, I always hurt myself, so I need to stop. <laughs> you do. You weren't even going full Christian Bale. I wasn't. I was I was doing Will Arnett as Batman, and it still hurts. It still hurts. <laughs> All Batman hurts. No one's good enough to be Batman. No one <laughs> won't hurt being Batman. So today on the show, we're talking about Lego, the Lego Batman movie, which is apparently not a sequel to the Lego movie. It's a spinoff? Prequel? It's in the same universe. Like, if they're going to be Lego Avengers of Batman and ninjas and regular Lego minifigures and Harry Potter and anything you can get a Lego set of, like, this is... It's part of that universe. It's those those fun-loving, brick-based adventures. So I wonder if it's more about Lego Dimensions than the Lego movie? Yes. I guess. It felt a little... It felt like it was in a different world, but the same world. It's certainly, it's inspired by, I think, how kids play with Lego toys. And that sometimes they mix together and sometimes they don't. It's a grand, grand multiverse. <laughs> yes. And maybe not even that multi. There's like different plates next to each other in the basement of Will right. Ferrell's house. Well, that's the thing. We didn't have Will Ferrell in this one. So it's not like it's the same child playing. Maybe I don't it was, think you need to. Maybe like, it you was don't need Neil Patrick kind of? Harris and Smurfs 3. <laughs> I, I, I'm just trying to figure out timeline or if they're not at all connected beyond Will Arnett. Is that the only thing that connects them or is there some kind of dramaturgical narrative Batman goo that holds this together somehow? The creators have stated that um, these they are part of the same universe, um, and specifically they did call out that in the next Lego movie, whenever that may be and whatever it is, uh, you will see a change in Lego Batman based on what happened in this movie, even though the plots aren't connected. So I'm not sure what that means, and it doesn't feel like this comes after the Lego movie in terms of Batman's character. Right. Batman begins this movie in a much different place than we would expect him to begin. Batman begins. Oh, I see. This movie. I see. I see. Yeah. yeah. I was like, did I say <laughs> something funny? Apparently I, I did. So. No, but I, I made. No, but I referenced a Batman thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Batman. <laughs> the Batman in Lego, the Lego movie is not doesn't seem to be where he ends up in the Lego movie is not where we begin with Batman in the Lego Batman movie. It's a much different character. Yeah. Cause he's already had a girlfriend in the Lego movie. 
right? He's already had connections to friends in some way. He's already fought in a team. And really, this Batman movie is about Batman realizing it's not all about Batman. But what's weird is he still has to learn that in the Lego movie. Yeah. So it's it's very... So either he learns a lesson or he doesn't. Which which is it? He, he learns something and feels something or he doesn't. Dramaturgical questions. Dramaturgical, yeah, dramaturgical questions. Or, because it's Batman, dramaturgical questions. Where's the narrative? Where's the narrative? <laughs> I gotta stop. That just hurts. <laughs> it just hurts. <laughs> Um, so tell me about your, what are your big picture impressions after seeing this movie? Um, besides narrative wise, like what did he like? What did you not like? Well, I took Jack to see this, my four year old son, Jack to go see Lego Batman. Uh, this was his first experience with superheroes Mm. in movies. He, uh, he knows who Batman and Joker are from, other children at preschool. So he he hasn't really met the dark Knight nor Superman or anybody really by watching a movie at home. Um, He doesn't like superheroes because they beat people up and there's fighting, but he likes superhero toys. Hmm. So the fact that these are living, breathing in some way, superhero toys made him excited to see it. So it's not a Batman movie. It's a Lego Batman movie, and that makes it okay to go see. So he was very excited to see it. Um, And he laughed at some points, and he (laughs) cried twice, which we can talk about. But um, Okay. Yeah, he he had emotions uh, throughout. <laughs> but so it, was, it did its job. It, it was it was interesting. It it was interesting. I felt like um, the thing that I enjoyed about it was there's stuff for him as a fan of toys, <laughs> and there was stuff for me as somebody who has been watching Batman movies for a long time. Yes, there's a lot I, in I, this movie. It's written for, if you have any experience for Batman in any of the forms, you can mix and match which uh. what you've experienced Batman. So if you haven't seen, you know, the Joel Schumacher films, if you've only seen Tim Burton films, if you only saw Batman in animated form, if you saw... Batman v Superman colon Dawn of Justice, or if you skip that one, you know that it it happened. <laughs> you there, there's something for every representation of Batman out there. Yeah, for better or worse. I start to think of like what to call this, and the best I've come up with is it's a second person referential movie. It doesn't really reference itself that much, and it doesn't reference many outside franchises. It just references other Batman universes. <laughs> so. It's somewhere between Shrek and Deadpool on the spectrum of like referencing. Hmm. I can see that because 
it's taking on Batman as a concept. Yes, and it finds something. It finds an original story to tell using Batman, which, as they reference, they've told the same story with Batman in twenty sixteen and twenty twelve and two thousand nine and so on. Yes. Yeah. So they they do appreciate it's original using the Batman characters. Yes. And I think because they're Legos, they can do a little bit more. They can have fun with, oh, now they're just toys and building and rock out. And because it's Will Arnett, you can actually have a Batman who's funny, uh, a Batman who is selfish, a Batman who's mean Mm -hmm. and rude to his friends, but somehow still likable. It's like the Job and the Bojack Horseman in a Batman cowl. You get this distasteful, awful person that somehow you're still rooting for. If Bojack Horseman were actually famous, this is what this movie's about. Right. And for kids. I feel like if Bojack Horseman played a superhero, it would be this version of Batman that Bojack Horseman would be playing. I would watch Bojack Horseman and Birdman, which I feel like would fit very well in that universe. Yeah. <laughs> Does it matter that I'm a horse? <laughs> no, no, that's part of it, Bojack. That's part of it. You're you're a horse, but you're also a Batman. Yeah, but I don't really understand because I'm a horse. <laughs> I don't understand how that's even funny. I mean, people are going to get that. Not what are we trying to say man. about that? <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing here? What are you doing here? I th- what are you doing here? <laughs> I, so, oh, uh, no. Since we've written season five of BoJack Horseman now, uh, let's... Oh, we skipped ahead to season five? Well, well I, I don't think that's going to be the focus of four. Four, we have to get to the point where he's popular again to be... I'm not going to BoJack. Let's talk about Batman. Okay. Um <laughs> Because it hits on every theatrical, animated, TV incarnation of Batman possible. There's a reference to every form of Batman established. Every, every form. I mean, like the super friends are in there and everything. Yeah. There's a lot. I can't name a single Batman film or animation incarnation that is not referenced in this movie. Yes. Yes, it's even the Batman Strikes is in here with uh, the bunny, the bunny villain. That's from that show. The bunny like villain? So much. There's like a weird March Hare. Oh, the March Hare. You're right. Yeah. With and the, that's like from, the Wonderland gang. Yeah. So that was in like the, the one season Cartoon Network Batman show, The Batman Strikes, and part of the, the very, 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 very dark future Batman with the Wonderland gang. It's very violent. Professor Pig, which is not as cute as it sounds. <laughs> so you get a little bit of everything um, one thing that I found fascinating was the heavy reliance on the condiment king mm-hmm. as a villain because that's, that's from Batman the animated series and the condiment king was created for that series as a vehicle to make fun of cheesy Batman villains of the past and yet the Lego Batman movie makes fun of the condiment king as a cheesy villain so it's like making fun of something that's making fun of something else but be- in the same way I was really confused is it irony 
Well, I don't know most people irony. don't know that it's coming from the Batman, the animated series, so people take it at face value. And it's funny because some of these other ones are taken completely at face value, like Polka Dot Man. And that one is like a cheesy classic Batman villain, but or, Condiment King is not. Right, but it's the fact that it exists. For people who know Batman, the animated series, Condiment King gets a different laugh. But also, you're like, that can't possibly be real. <laughs> and yet like, it is. Like Calendar Man and Calculator Man and Clock King and all these other... You're just like, that. those can't be pos- those possibly can't be real things. And then Condiment King is just silly because of... Like, Jack knows the word condiment, so that was funny to him. Um, at least I think... I mean, it, it sounds like like a, a salesman in New York City from the 90s who would have like a pager on his belt or something. I'm the condiment king. Call me if you need some condiments. Right. You'll relish my delivery times. Wow, you've been thinking about that too much. I did not. Too that much, was I mean, off the top second. of my head. I'm just spitballing things here. <laughs> That's still too much. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, so I like. I don't know how to feel about that because condiment king is so heavily featured. Like, I don't know if it understands the history of batman like i i don't know how to feel about it i think it does understand it it's just showing how ridiculous things have gotten and yes i understand making fun of something that's making fun of something is turning it on its head but it like skips the middle part of that equation it's yeah. just making fun of something of something right instead of yeah I don't know. So there's a lot of villains. You can read a whole article about all the villains in this movie and where they actually come from if you're interested in the entire history because there's a lot of references and a lot of villains. But um, what's, what's strange about the Lego Batman movie, and this is one of the weird things I had about it, is the villains of the movie, in, the, in terms of the climax, end up being not Batman villains. Yeah. The villains of the movie are people who so joker essentially i'm sorry for the spoilers here sorry <laughs> let's just with every way to spoilers. Episode, spoilers um so with this joker feeling betrayed by batman since batman said they don't really have a relationship like as villains and arch nemeses i'm fighting a number of people right now i'm kind of fighting around Exactly. Joker goes to the, gets himself put in the phantom zone, you know, because it's a classic villain wants to get caught kind of thing. So let's put that in a movie. So he goes to the phantom zone to meet all these other villains, including Voldemort. Sauron. Sauron. The Wicked uh, Witch of the West. King Kong. Many generic uh, British robots. (laughs) Generic British robots from something. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> with plungers for hands and like whisks for the other hand. I'm not sure exactly what they were referencing there, what or who they might be referencing. I don't know how they got the rights to that, but couldn't say Doctor Who. Like, I don't understand that equation. <laughs> or they didn't want to say Doctor Who and just said, well, this isn't, I guess Doctor Who's not big enough of a thing for us to actually say the words or what, I don't know. But they had Voldemort voiced by Eddie Izzard. Which was amazing. That's how I want Voldemort to be voiced all the time. But I think it's okay to not have Ray Fiennes voice Voldemort, even though he's a different character in the movie. There, 
There could have. Yeah, I, I feel like there were missed opportunities not having Ray Fiennes <laughs> do Voldemort's voice. I think that's okay. Like it's okay, but it's. It, I don't know. But the fact that they get all these other movie villains from other Warner Brothers properties, including dinosaurs from Jurassic Park, (laughs) to be the villains in a Lego Batman movie when you've just listed off all these wonderful villains that you have in the Batman mythos, it felt like a little bit of... It felt like a little bit of a letdown. It's like, well, we could let some of these villains have another moment. And I, I disagree. You disagree. I do. I disagree with you. Okay. What I like about this is the Lego Batman movie starts in media rest. It establishes Batman as a hero. He has all these villains, which he always beats. We know this is the formula of Batman. Batman always beats these villains. This movie is about how formulaic Batman is. And so how we break that formula is the Joker goes and gets non Batman villains who we don't know that Batman can beat. We've never had Batman versus Voldemort, except maybe in epic rap battles of history. I don't know. I haven't watched the whole series. It might be there. Um, so you have these villains who pose a threat. If you're a kid who's familiar with Batman, you know Batman beats Joker, Batman beats Harley Quinn, Batman beats Clayface, Batman beats everybody. Batman beats Sauron? I don't know. Batman beats King Kong? How? I don't understand. Unless he's Gorilla Grodd as a giant. Um, so it's kind of playing with what you know will work in Batman's world. So it has a new credible threat. Okay, so what you're saying is Batman, as he is, being self-centered and completely uh, on his own as a vigilante, has shown himself to beat everybody that already exists in the Batman universe. So in order for him to learn a lesson, he has to face a new foe. Yes. And come against something that he can't beat on his own. Yeah, because he has to learn to love his family, his villain family, his actual family, his universe family. He learns to love his universe and not just go off and do Lego movie things without the rest of them. I don't know. Um. One thing I thought was a missed opportunity is they bring up the Phantom Zone through a news clip of Superman talking about imprisoning Zod there. And Zod is not in the movie. Right. I wanted to have Zod in the movie. I wanted to have Superman come in. I wanted them to make like a Batman plus Superman joke instead of Batman v Superman. <laughs> I thought Zod would have helped. I never say that about anything. I'm putting that disclaimer now. I hate Zod. Zod would have helped this movie. Well, Zod was pretty good in like season eight of Smallville. I haven't seen it. Okay. I just really outed myself. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> who did. watched all 10 seasons of Smallville. Well, I just assumed you made it through season eight. You didn't, I didn't know you made it through all 10. Yeah, I did. I did. Oh, Doomsday was so bad in Smallville. Um, not as bad as Batman v Superman, colon, Dawn of Justice, but pretty bad. Um, we're spoiling things we're not even talking about today. But now he's playing Darth <laughs> Maul, so that's great. Now, that's awesome. Yeah. I don't, okay. Sam Witwer, who played Doomsday in Smallville, is now playing Darth Maul in Star Wars Clone Wars and now Star Wars Rebels. And he does a good job at that. I've, I He does. can't speak for Doomsday. Yeah. It was, it was so odd. It was so odd. I'm done talking about that for now. Let's... <laughs> 
Let's talk a little bit more. You also had a note about wanting to discuss. We talked a little bit about what Batman, what it does to Batman, and what it's commenting on on Batman. But mm-hmm. what about women in the Batman universe? I think that this film does as good of a job as it can by getting uh, a much stronger balanced male female cast. Um, I think if you're playing with the Batman formula, and that's the point of this movie, there are certain things that are established. The main characters of Batman are Batman, Robin, Alfred, the Joker, and Batgirl. Mm -hmm. These are the main characters. So you get one female main character. And they don't want that. This is a Lego movie that is about being good for everybody. So what they've done is they've put a lot of characters who have multiple lines and are women as featured kind of secondary characters. Of course, you've Harley Quinn in here a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the mayor of Gotham is a woman, who Batman's even disguises as the beginning. Um, so lots of lines for her. Great job. Um, and it even... It gender bends where appropriate. Uh, one thing that I caught and thought was a really interesting choice was Clayface is voiced by Kate Micucci in this from Garfunkel and Oates um, and other properties like the Storybots. Um, and I thought Clayface as a woman, I think works as a Clayface character. First of all, that's an interesting choice that I think is good outside of this movie. <laughs> um, and it's something like Clayface isn't like a physical character who has gender. Like you can't look at Clayface and go like, Oh, you're a dude. Okay. Like Mr. Freeze. You can't really do like a Mrs. Freeze that ruins the point of Mr. Freeze. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I thought that this movie made a positive impact where it could by featuring women in secondary roles. Mm. Uh, even though The Wicked Witch of the West got no lines. She had lines. It just was nothing substantial beyond, ah, and yeah. get them or things like that. Yeah. And I've... Phyllis Phyllis was a woman. The weird yeah. Phantom Zone robot. True. And um, Siri played a large role mm-hmm. where if you have an Apple product that has Siri, if you talk to your Apple product and instead of saying, hey, Siri, you could say, hey, Pewter, and Siri will respond to you as if you are Lego Batman. And as a disclaimer, that's around the time of the release of this movie. So if you're listening to this well after we release the podcast episode and it doesn't work, that's not our fault. Not our fault. Hashtag not our fault. (laughs) Hashtag not my podcast. Hey, Pewter. Welcome home, sir. For your information, Robin is trying on costumes in the Batcave again. He's doing some pirouettes in Patrishnikov. There you go. There you are. Fun fact. Um... (laughs) But I, I think the fact that they put Barbara Gordon as commissioner mm-hmm. was a nice choice, but she still was the fact that they made her a love interest and had Bruce Wayne go swoons over her kind of <sighs> undercut that a bit. I agree and disagree. It, I think it does undercut it, but where I disagree is that she's only a love interest when Batman is selfish. And by the end, he legitimately sees her as a platonic work friend, which he says a couple times. There's no like hint of them having a future or future potential romantic interests. There's no 
hint that he's still interested just by the end, like they're work friends. Sure. But still they had two extended moments of fawning over her. Yeah. And that's why I agree and disagree. Yeah. They just, <laughs> it, it was a lot of time spent on those moments. And uh, it's just slightly uncomfortable. It took me out yeah. of the story. I, I, I don't felt, know if Batman needs a romantic interest. I don't think he does. I think he can see her as a family member without it being about thinking she's, you know, hot and wanting to date her. Even if the reversal is bigger, like he's looking to start a family and then realizes he doesn't have to start one. He has one. Right. And not start a family with like, you know, bio biologically starting yeah. a family. Batman doesn't do biology. No. He Except has chemistry. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh for three. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're writing the Lego Batman movie two here today. Oh goodness. Uh, so what in this movie makes Batman Batman? What is this movie saying? I think Batman is about it's as much about the side characters and villains as it is about Batman. That's the statement. And that's what Batman has to learn mm -hmm. is that it's not just about Batman being Batman. It's as much about Robin and Alfred and his relationship with them um, and Batgirl as it is about Batman versus the Joker. We, I think all of us get in the, the idea that Batman's just so cool, but Batman is not really anything without being juxtaposed to his allies and being juxtaposed with his villains. Mm -hmm. And I, that's the point of Batman. And that's what Batman v. Superman. Superman? Superman? Superman. Subaru Man. Um, that's what that movie missed, um, I think. Not having seen that movie, Batman v. Superman, colon, Donna Justice. Um, Wait, so you just it. made a judgment, narrative speaking, about a movie you haven't seen? I mean, to be fair, there are really so many trailers with so many clips in the movie. I feel like I've seen 70% of it. You possibly have. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Having somebody who's seen it, yes, you probably have. I'm not saying your judgment is incorrect. I'm just pointing out that you're making a judgment based on not and having seen it. If I hadn't seen all those trailers, I wouldn't make that judgment. But I have seen 70% of the movie. All right. And so in talking about that, I think there's two things where Batman feels emotions in terms of actually feeling emotions. And I, they're the two points where Jack cried. So I want to make a point about well, let's, let's do my Jack cry count and figure out where Jack had emotions about Batman that were just too much to keep in. <laughs> like breaking out in song. Yes. So the first moment where Jack cried. This is really weird to talk about this like this. But the first moment where Jack cried was Batman trying to protect his friends. They decide that they're going to be a team, but he traps them in the scuttler, which is a thing. 
Yeah, the giant dog robot thing, you know. Yeah. Like Batman has. Or is it a crawl- Is it a crawling bat? Like a bat who uses the wings to Oh, it does fly also. Yeah, I think it's more of like a bat that can climb and latch onto things like regular bat wings do. It's like a Batman Gundam or a Zord. Yeah. Um, So he closes it up and sends his friends away, and they're like, no, you need us. What are you doing? Uh, Tears. Wailing. Like, no, his friends. Where are they? He's sending them away. Oh, gosh, his friends. That was the first point. Batman making the mistake that it's all about saving his friends when really they want to save him. Um, second point that Jack cried. So Batman ends up in the Phantom Zone and Phyllis, right? That's the name of the mm-hmm. the Lego piece up there. Voice, yeah. Um, who says that he's basically a villain based on the way he treats everyone and his friends and everything. And he promises that all the villains will go back to the Phantom Zone if she lets him leave. He'll put all the villains back, including himself in that statement. So at the end of the movie, he's put all the um, Warner Brothers crossover villains back into the Phantom Zone. And he starts rising, going to the Phantom Zone himself um, to fulfill his promise of, I am a villain. I must be put in the phantom zone. Tears. Tears. Terrible, loud uh, people turning around to look tears uh, from Jack. (laughs) He feels emotions. That's okay. He does. He totally does. Um, But he, it, it was, Batman's learned his lesson, but of course he's not a villain at this point. So he hits the phantom zone and can't and doesn't actually get put in the phantom zone because he's learned his lesson mm-hmm. that he needs his friends. He needs everybody. So those are the two main points where the music, the emotion behind it, the acting, if Lego pieces can act, which I think they can <laughs> um, all put together that there's, there was actual emotion and it was based thematically in one Batman, in two times Batman being selfless in a way. Yeah, but two different ends of selfless. Yes. Oh, I know. Like the first one's like a, a, yeah. Um, And this does say very different things about Batman compared to most Batman movies that you will see. Because the other one is about, like all the classic Batman movie franchises now are about like, Batman will do anything to catch a villain. Um, Batman cannot be loved and cannot be in the light. Um, Batman loses those closest to him in order to be Batman. Like, this is the exact opposite of all the Batman movies. Batman can be Batman. Batman needs everybody else. I feel like they should have a drinking game with this episode where every time we say the word Batman, you drink. Because I feel like I've said Batman a lot. And every time we do the Batman voice, you have to like do the whole drink. You have to finish it. Yeah, that's. I think that's good. Those are the. Some... And if you're a kid listening to this, we mean milk, chocolate. <laughs> Finish your chocolate. Milk. Finish it. <laughs> Finish it. That that was a Mortal Kombat joke. That wasn't actually Batman. That was that was Mortal Kombat. You don't have to finish another one. Yet eerily similar. <laughs> um, 
what else do we have to say about this film? And I feel like we've kind of hit on most narrative character. Yeah. So let me ask this. So we have first had the Lego movie, and then we had the Lego Batman movie, and of course coming up is the Lego Ninjago movie. So one is about Legos and emotion choices, and the next one is about emotions and like a known franchise outside of Legos. And this third movie, they're iterating within a Lego itself franchise, mm-hmm. not anything known outside of anything else. Will you go see the Lego Ninjago movie based uh, on your previous two experiences? Based on the trailer that I saw, I might. Mm-hmm. Based on that they showed a trailer before it, and I hadn't really heard very much about it. In fact, I was surprised that it's going to theaters. I thought it was more of something that was basically direct-to-video or t- made-for-TV movie. Um, but the fact that it made me laugh it surprised me and made me think that that might actually be fun to go see. There are funny moments in the trailer, which I really enjoy. Um, I'm kind of hesitant to go see it. I probably will. I probably will. Um, I do like that it has... I'm looking up who it is, because I love him. Um, Kumail Nanjani in it, in the Ninjago movie. He's the, the ninja in the background. He's like, are you prepared to give your life for, nin- for Ninjago or whatever? Well, maybe he's that guy. I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> Kumail, I love you. I'll see anything you do, so I'll give Ninjago a chance, probably. <laughs> And then I guess we'll see if there's a Lego Lego Batman Returns. <laughs> Lego Dark Knight Returns to the toy store. He doesn't want to be taken back. Yeah. I, That's like I, Toy Story 3 now. Damn. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. Um do you have a favorite thing from the Lego Batman movie? Um, I feel like I do this a lot now, but it's something we've already discussed. And it's the Alfred telling Batman, I've seen you go through this phase in 2016 and 2012 and 2009. Um, with the montage of Lego versions of all the previous Batman franchises. And Except the for the 60s version, which they showed live action, which took me out of it. <laughs> it was very Muppet Babies, yes. Yeah, I was like, wait, wait, what? What just happened here? It's like they use 60s Batman a lot to justify, like, there's precedence for what we're doing in this movie. Batman can be silly because it was silly for 40 years. That's true. Batman was a joke until it wasn't. When so, it was a killing joke. Mmm. Mmm. I see. Uh, what were your and Jack's favorite things? Um, my favorite thing is the off-screen pit spit take. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime excellent. you could execute a spit take off screen uh, and still get a laugh out of it, then all you hear is, hey, waiter, <laughs> waiter, <laughs> you know that the spit take is coming. So they can cut away from it and you can still hear it and it still gets as much of a laugh as the first one. Well, I think it's even part technologically, like, I don't think that a spit take in the Lego world is as convincing because you're, like, spitting clear Lego pieces out. Like, it's <laughs> it looks different. Right. But also the structure of it is being exactly the same. Excuse me, waiter. And then getting a drink and drinking it so you could do the spit take. And then going off and saying, hey, waiter. And then cutting away knowing that there is going to be a spit take. It's just, 
it was the Chekhov gun of spit takes. You, <laughs> that's why it was so satisfying. <laughs> um, Jack's favorite time, favorite thing, and I asked him what it was. It's when Gotham City got snapped back together. That was his favorite thing. And I think he was emotionally afraid that Gotham City wouldn't be put back together. Be split in two forever. Split in two forever. And, but they all stuck their heads together with their feet. and In Lego movie fashion. In Lego movie fashion where it remote, wait, these are Legos. I could probably do something with this. <laughs> so. Did you use the world effectively? Like that awesome. time with the two boats. This is nothing like the time with the two boats. <laughs> I did laugh at that, though. I laughed really hard at that. Yeah. Anytime the where they didn't, hit. anytime where they did something where it wasn't, explicit what they meant but if you've seen the movies you knew what they were talking about and you felt like that joke was for me mm-hmm. so me personally <laughs> the parade and the prince music yes oh so good <laughs> well shall we talk about homework time let's talk homework time for next time something a little bit different <laughs> i feel like he's been saying that a lot um, is it different? It's different for the creators. Okay. So this is not for us. Not for us. So Studio Ghibli has a new series. Uh, well, it came out in 2014 in Japan, <laughs> and now it's hitting the United States. Ronya, the robber's daughter, which is available on Amazon Prime. So. You can check out some episodes of Ronia, the Robber's Daughter. We'll probably concentrate on some of the earlier episodes. Um, but watch some episodes of Ronia for next time. And as always, thank you to our engineer, Nadja Catino, and to Jacob Reed for a theme music. You can find us on the web. On Twitter at WG Animated, on Facebook.com slash WG Animated, and show notes and links to a lot of things that we talked about, including the list of all the Batman villains in the Lego movie on writersgetanimated.tumblr.com. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps other people find us and learn about us and hopefully get more listeners. This podcast was great. Four and a half stars. That's Lego Batman talking, that, that, giving a review. Oh, oh, I see. I see what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. I, it was. Yeah. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>